Last night I dreamed about the mansion again. In the dream I am driving, racing to get back before curfew. The sun is already setting, the LA light turning golden in my rearview mirror. I'm panicking because while I don't know what will happen if I arrive past my curfew, I know I can't be late, and the terror claws and scrapes at my throat. I press on the gas pedal, desperately trying to go faster, to make it back to that ivy-covered gothic house surrounded by redwoods before the clock strikes six. But in the way of dreams, everything is in slow motion. Everything is strange and unfamiliar, and the road stretches on and on. In my dream, I know I'm not going to make it in time. I know that this road will never get me to where I need to be. I know that I am lost. I wake up with old familiar feelings, sick, anxious, afraid. It's been years since I lived in the mansion. I haven't been back since my husband died. He died, I left, and I never went back. But I seem to go back there in my mind all the time, much more than I want to, and not just when I'm dreaming. In a lot of ways, I'm still trying to get out of that mansion. I always had to be home by six o'clock. If I wasn't, it was a problem. He would be upset. He would be yelling my name through the house. The pantry staff would start frantically calling my phone at exactly 6.01 p.m., even though I'd already be winding my way up the long, curving drive around the tall stone fountain topped with the cherub watching me with its empty marble eyes. And then I would run in, pushing through the heavy wooden door and go find Hef, so I could kiss him on the cheek and show him, here I am, I'm home, I followed the rules, I'm a good girl. For almost a decade, the Playboy Mansion was my home. But it never really felt like a home. It felt like a place I was forever visiting. Like a hotel I'd checked into, but could never leave. Like a stage I was performing on, observed by so many sets of faceless eyes. Sometimes it felt like going back in time. Hef had decorated the House of the Nines back in the 70s. And everything looked exactly the same as it had then. The deep shag carpets the wood paneling and chandeliers, the heavy velvet drapes. I was never allowed to change a thing. There was only one place I ever managed to make my own, a tiny room we called the vanity. Just a closet, really, but with a handful of long, narrow windows. The vanity was right off the primary bedroom, or master bedroom, as it was called by Hef. It had a flimsy door that slid shut but didn't lock. There was just enough space for a small, built-in desk and chair. It was my little sanctuary, a place to be alone and unobserved. In the mansion, there was always someone in every room, other girls, party guests, staff. There was a friend of Hef's on the couch next to me, leaning uncomfortably close. There was a famous movie star in the hallway who wanted to run his hands all over me. There were no doors I could lock, because there were copies of every key. And Hef, of course, held the master key that ensured no one could ever lock him out. This was his world, and he held the key to everyone and everything. In the vanity, for a few minutes at least, I could lay my head down on my arms and stop the pretense. Stop worrying about what I look like every second. Whether I was smiling the right way, whether I had arranged my body correctly, whether I was dressed the way he liked, whether my hair looked right, whether my breasts were perfect enough, how I compared to the other women. There were always other women around. It was always, explicitly, a competition. I used to steal brief moments in the vanity, small, shiny moments, when I could breathe deeply and not have to be on. Playing the role of someone else's image of you every day and every night is exhausting 
physically, mentally, and in a way that feels like your soul is actually tired, like some kind of life energy battery is running low. The vanity second story window opened out onto the lawn, where peacocks strolled and staff crisscrossed carrying chairs and platters of food and cases of wine, getting ready for this party or that one. Ivy grew around that window, thick on the stone, like in a fairy tale. Sometimes I imagined myself as Rapunzel, locked in her tower, waiting for someone to come rescue her. But nobody ever did. And I had climbed into my tower voluntarily. I didn't know then that I could rescue myself. I didn't always know I needed to be rescued. But I knew I was trapped. 